Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. As you can see from today's title, we are going to be discussing a look into coaching and crisis. And here to talk about this with me today is my guest, Elia Markham. Elia owns and operates a crisis coaching business called Moodwell, where she works one-on-one -on -one and facilitates support groups. She started this company to help women thrive from mental illness and a plethora of, of different life experiences. Elia is a professional licensed coach through the World Coaching Institute. In addition to this, she is also recognized as a certified youth, parents, and family coach therapist through the WCI as well. Elia uses her experiences, and we will hear about that today, along with her business, Moodwell, to help other women heal from the large spectrum of trauma and mental illness. So without further ado, welcome Elia to the show. Well, thanks, Paris. I'm glad to be here. Yes, glad to have you on. I'm I'm so happy we could do this episode and after connecting with you and speaking with you about your story and your business, I really wanted you to come on and kind of share the work that you do and also talk a little bit about what got you inspired to start Moodwell. So if you could just tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to become a crisis coach. Sure. Well, I guess it started long ago, um, just growing up in a traumatic environment, um, just uh, having to grow and deal with my own healing and growth. And then I met some really great women who, um, through my betrayal trauma um, with my husband, and they opened me up to this world of coaching and group facilitating. And it just, it just took off for me. It just seemed like the right, right place to be. I understood that there's a lot of women out there going through similar situations and I just had, and I just felt called to do this work and help other women learn to heal and grow mm -hmm. from their circumstances. Yeah. Cause I know you mentioned, you mentioned that to me before as well, and kind of taking what you, your experiences and using that to really help other people who are going through similar things, who might be going through that right now, and really be able to help them through that process, through the work that you do. And I thought that was really, really cool and 
you know, when I looked at your website, I saw all the different services that you had to offer and things like that. So if you could just kind of tell us um, more about what you do at MooWell and who could, who could benefit from these types of services. Sure. So um, everything that I specialize in on MoodWell is personal to myself because I have, I, I have and continue to heal through those specific avenues um, of trauma. Mm-hmm. So personally, I um, coach other women. So whether they're dealing from, you know, whether they're working through a life crisis or, or living uh, with a mental illness, I help coach women to, um, kind of thrive in that setting of mm-hmm. crisis and mm-hmm. dealing with mental illness. And I specifically really deal with mental illness um, and constantly am looking for ways to push through the fog of having a mental illness and push through the insecurities that I feel because I do have a mental illness and have experienced a lot of trauma. So I try to work with other women, families, and even um, youth, uh, female youth to uh, help them thrive through their, circum- their circumstances as well. So Moodwell will hopefully grow to where I work with, I work alongside other women who have special niches and special, you know, it's a community of healers Mm -hmm. coming together to heal women and just grow in community, um, taking away the stigma of women suffering from mental illness, postpartum trauma, like, you know, just creating that unity and community. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I remember you were talking to me about the aspect with that related to vulnerability and really being able to open up and be vulnerable with your clients and with yourself in your own process of healing and dealing with trauma and dealing with these different events. And the way that you described it to me was so powerful that that one time we spoke and I remember um, you talking about how your experiences inspired you to start, to start Moodwell and really go out there and take the things that you went through and that you faced and help show other people that they can overcome those things as well. So, yeah, that's correct, Paris. Like, I feel like you cannot begin a healing journey without being vulnerable about your story to someone. Mm, So, mm -hmm. whether it's a coach, a therapist, like, your first step is finding someone or a group of people who you can really sit down and be vulnerable with to talk about what you are going through. And that is the, you know, first first step in your healing journey. And I think we also talked about this as well, like that healing journey, and I'm living proof of this is hills and valleys. It is absolutely not. It's, it's, it's not a straight line. It's not an A to B because I cannot even tell you how many times I'll be going along and I'll be like, oh, I'm doing so well. And then I'll hit a bad day. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh man, I thought I was doing better than this. When reality is it's, it's, it's just a valley. It's, it doesn't define your healing journey because you continue to heal mm-hmm. past that too. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. When you said that to me, that really stuck with me, the hills and valleys part, because with that, we also spoke about, you know, when people go through that, they're going through the, the, hill, the hills and the valleys, they start to feel like they're weak or, and I know I, what you said to me too, is really powerful with the whole, the whole thing of weakness, not being a bad thing and it being demeaning. And when we say, you know, when we have these moments when 
we're struggling or when we don't think we can overcome something or when we're dealing with something, we want to take that and say, you know, this is, this makes us weak. And, Mm -hmm. you know, can you talk a little bit about that and what, what weakness, like, how do you view weakness? So I don't believe in weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, When we, you get asked sometimes, depending, you know, in a job interview, for instance, they ask you like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And mm-hmm. I personally don't believe any of us have a weaknesses. I feel like we have challenges. And when we, like you said, when we look at it as a weakness, we look at it as something that is um, demeaning in a sense. It's something that mm-hmm. it, it, it instantly puts an insecurity within us of we're not good enough instead of saying, oh, it's just a challenge or it's something that I need to improve on and I keep practicing. And, you know, perfectionism is completely objective as well. So really you're just, you're just continuing to get better at something. You're continuing to grow in it. There is no (laughs) weakness per se. Like it's just a different, it's just a different spot that you need Mm -hmm. to work on or, you know, if if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love the way that you laid that out when you said the example of the job interview, like here, lay out your strengths, lay out your weaknesses. And we talked about that too, how you, how you were saying, you know, you might say, you know, my strength is communication, but my weakness Mm -hmm. is working in groups or, you know, not being able to understand different situations or things like that. But I feel like when we take when we take that list, right, that we've made and we look at what we consider to be our weaknesses, you can work on those. And I mm-hmm. feel like when you identify that, when you, take, when you take something and you identify it as a weakness, we almost shut the door for the opportunity to even be able to work on it because mm-hmm. we're giving it that name, right? We're saying, okay, you know, but then we kind of put the spotlight on the things that we're good at, or here's our strengths. These are, you know, let's play up this and focus on this, but then kind of push the weaknesses out and not, not really focus on them, not give them much attention. But I feel like the, the way you described it is being able to work on that and mm-hmm. take those things that we think are weaknesses, right? Cause maybe we consider, you know, maybe I can sit here and say my weakness is communication, but maybe someone else will look at me and say, no, you know, I don't think that's a weakness, but, it, and like you said, it's all objective. You know, mm-hmm. we all have these different ideas of, you know, what we consider to be a strength and what we consider to be a weakness. But I feel like the way that you, you put that was, it just, it just showed, it showed me the importance of that in a different light by framing yeah. it that way. And, and I also want to just add on though, mm-hmm. the word yet, mm. you know, it's not that you can't do it. It's that you don't know how to do it yet mm-hmm. or you're not um, skilled in it yet. So like if an employer were to say, what are your weaknesses? I would even go as far as say, actually, my challenges are such mm-hmm. and such and I am not there yet, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about changing that verbiage to empower and encourage us through a journey rather than using words that subconsciously and even, you know, straight to your face, make you feel like crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like just framing in a different, framing that in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. So putting the spotlight on it differently, instead of looking at that as a weakness, let's look at it as a challenge. Let's -hmm. look at it as something that we can continue to learn about and make better instead of shutting that down and saying that's a weakness. And I would hope, you know, we, the same way we kind of do 
we use that that term with children when they are struggling to learn something you know we don't you know when a child says oh i can't read or oh i can't do this math it's like you're working on it you can't do it yet mm -hmm. you haven't mastered it yet so yeah just that that key word of it will happen and speaking that into existence instead of uh, looking at it as like a weakness mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. So remembering that keyword of yet that you can't, maybe you feel like you can't do it now, but you can't do it yet. You, yeah. you will learn how to overcome yeah. that and grow, grow through that process. Um, mm -hmm. but another thing I, I wanted to ask you about, we, we actually already talked about this. Um, you know, the experiences that you've had with dealing with your traumas, does that, do you feel like that is helpful to you in being able to connect with others or clients who also share similar experiences as you? Absolutely. And I definitely don't want to say that um, because I have been through something, I know what the mm -hmm. other person is going through because that's not at all what I mean, but it's very, it's, it opens the door for vulnerability. Like we talked about for someone who can, who, for someone who needs to talk about someone, it's helpful to talk about something with someone who's already lived through something similar. Mm -hmm. um, it just creates, it takes away the stigma and be able to open that door for conversation about mm -hmm. it. So that's why my, uh, you know, specialties are related specifically to what I have gone through. Not only because I have the training in those areas that I also continue to work on every day, but also because mm -hmm. I can relate in some aspect to the women that I'm helping, mm -hmm. which helps them see someone else working through it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, when doing that is the, the thing of forming a connection, forming mm -hmm. a connection with that person and really starting that healing process by having that connection. And yeah. when someone is coming to you and speaking to you and telling you, opening up to you about things and being able to say, you know, she also has gone through this. She also understands this because she's lived through it. And yes, yes, you have the training and the certifications, but you also lived through similar experiences. And I feel like that, that helps in just being able to communicate with that person and, sh and show them that you're there and you have an understanding of what it's like. And I like how you frame that or how you said it before of, you know, just because you went through this doesn't mean you're going to know, you know, you're, oh, yeah. you're going to know their story. You're going to, you're going to know what it's like, but you're going to have a sense of how to go about helping that person. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess the furthest that I would go to understand someone is to know that it is difficult. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, I don't know in what ways it's difficult for you until you tell me, you know, until mm -hmm. we work through all that. But I understand that it is difficult, period. You know, and so just because I've experienced and that, like I said, we, it opens the door for people to really let their guard down and find deep healing when they have someone who is willing to walk through that really, really hard time with them. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Just having that connection and being able to form that connection and then mm -hmm. maintain that through helping them through what they're going through by, you know, opening up about your own self and being vulnerable in that way. Because I know sometimes that is challenging and it isn't always easy to do that, but by, but by you doing that, that is helping this person 
open up to you and really form that connection. And I, and I like something else that you, you mentioned to me before you said, you said, um, something about when, when people feel like they're stuck, right. When they feel like they made progress. So they might sit there and say, you know, wow, I thought I was past this, or I was doing so much better than this. And can you talk a little bit about that? And when people have those moments and, you know, what it's like for you dealing with that, if you, when you've had those moments and how do you help others who are, are on the path of healing and then they get stuck or they have days where they, you know, look back and say, I don't feel like I've made progress or I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I've done. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, when we look at healing and we see, and we've come, okay, let me back up. So for instance, with me, my betrayal trauma happened and ended in the beginning of 2018. So we're up here in 2020 and every, you know, something can easily trigger a memory or mm -hmm. can, um, upset me or, you know, something just doesn't feel right. And you would think, oh man, I thought we worked past this. I thought, that you were healed in mm -hmm. this. And what it really is, is, it, I mean, it reminded you, it has nothing really to do. You've healed and you've come far. I'm having a hard time at like articulating this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're healing and you've been healing for a while, just because you have a bad day, that bad day does not define you or define your healing process. Mm -hmm. We all are going to have days where we mourn the idea of, and the expectations that we were, we were expecting the idea of how our life was going to be. And those are, we have to make room and give ourselves space to feel those, to continue healing. So if you come to a point in your healing journey where you were like, man, I thought I was I was healed or I thought I was doing better than this. The reality of the situation is there might be something that you want to continue to heal in that, but that doesn't mean that you haven't healed at all. I mean, mm -hmm. I went from fetal position on the floor to, you know, only, you know, going months to where I was doing really well, you know, like, mm -hmm. and then I would have a setback and I, I say setback, it's not a setback. I mean, I have a bad day but that bad day doesn't define the whole healing that all the healing mm -hmm. that I've already done, you know? So we have to give ourselves grace. We have to give ourselves room to feel and trust the process of healing. There's always going to be little layers, little nooks and crannies where trauma and pain get stuck. And mm -hmm. we just need to dig, dig those places out. But in order to dig those little places out and heal those little tiny spots that we forgot, or we look past, like, we have to acknowledge them. And that has nothing to do with your, on, you know, it just has something. It's, it's just where you are in your healing. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not a start to finish mm -hmm. there. I don't yeah. think there's ever a finishing. Yeah. I love how you lay, I love how you describe that as, as it being a process and you're going to have days where the, the trauma and the pain that you might be reminded of, you'll feel mm -hmm. that again, but you just have to I, I like how you said that, how, you know, even though you have bad days, you still understand that you've healed and you've done the work and you've taken the time to deal with it. And you're, it's a process, you know, it's not, yeah. cause I feel like sometimes we, you know, when we're thinking about healing, we might think about it. Okay. You know, I got hurt. This happened. 
and I went to therapy or I did this and now I should be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we might think about it that way, but I like how you lay it out that you're going to have days where you're not, you're not always going to be, you know, a hundred percent. Right. And then you, and still, even though you have those days, you can still understand and be easy on yourself. Like you said, take the time to have grace with your journey of healing. Cause well, yeah, it's, and that's, mm-hmm. that's super important. Why we don't do our healing journeys alone right mm-hmm. there, because you need someone to say, Hey, this bad day, or, you know, this, this, this moment is, does not define your whole journey. You need, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in it, it's hard to get yourself to remind yourself that this one time doesn't define it. You know, you have mm-hmm. to have someone there with you that you can lean on, that you can trust to say, Hey, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Let's feel it. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's heal from it. Let's see what we can do. What strategy can we, what can we take from our toolbox and apply and let's day by day it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. super important that I'm saying all this, but it's harder if you're, you're, you're like the lone wolf being it. You don't mm-hmm. want to do that. You want to mm-hmm. have a healing partner and you want to have a support team, really, you know, a team of coaches, a team of friends and family and therapists. Like it takes a vulnerability and a good support group to really grow and heal. And mm-hmm. don't expect that that healing journey is ever going to end you're going to get better and you're going to thrive. But once you start healing, it's almost like it's, it's so good. You feel so good. Once you start figuring little pieces out and you come so far and you feel this victory over your situation that you keep digging deeper throughout your life and you keep applying what you've learned to new situations. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I mean, life throws things at you all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you, everything that you learn, you will be able to apply to another situation that comes your way. So mm-hmm. it's definitely good to have that support team. And- yeah. And I, I love how you mentioned that and brought that up of not healing alone and not mm-hmm. doing it alone. Because I feel like sometimes people, when, you know, when they go through a situation or when something happens, they think that they can do it alone and they have to, and they want to, and they should. And maybe they have a feeling of, if they don't do it alone, then it's bad or it's not going to, or something will happen. Right. And I feel like when we, and like you mentioned earlier in the interview of talking to someone that you trust, whether that be a therapist, a coach, mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, whoever, Mm -hmm. someone that, you know, someone that, you know, will give you a different perspective and give you that reassurance. Right. So when you're having that bad day or -hmm. when, you feel like you're stuck or you feel like you're not making progress or you, 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 or you start crying or something happens or whatever yeah. it is, you have that person who can be there and give you feedback and, t- and talk you through what's going on so you don't feel like that. Yeah. And I also want to point out that those days where you're, you, you, have, you have a good cry or you have mm-hmm. a good scream or, you know, you, you're, you have a bad day, it, you know, I don't want anyone to think that those, those tough times are, are weakness either. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want ever, I don't want people to think that crying is somehow a form of weakness because in all honesty, I think it's more, it's cleansing if Mm -hmm. anything, and it's necessary part of healing, whether or not it's two years from 
the crisis or five years from the crisis or if it's a completely different situation, like if you feel the need to cry or if you feel the need to throw eggs at a tree, like I got, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, like that's not a weak point in your healing. That's not a weakness. Mm -hmm. Again, weakness is an imaginary concept. Mm -hmm. It's just a challenge in the moment. It does not define yesterday. It doesn't define tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. No, that's, that is so true to understand that when you're, you know, when you have those times when you're crying or you're sad or you're ice or whatever is going on, you know, whatever's going on that day for you, you don't have to look at that and say, well, this is, you know, I'm, I'm having a problem, right? You know, to, to really be hard on yourself. You know, I like how you talked about being easy on yourself and knowing that this is a process and not everything is going to go as you want it to, or maybe you think it should. And, you know, but it's all, it's all about the process and it's all about taking it one day at a time. So, you know, if you could really, um, share with me one, I wanted to ask you about this. So what, you know, the most memorable experience that you've had so far in running your business mood well, that really, you know, has helped ignite the passion for you to keep going and keep doing what you're doing. What, what is that one experience? I would say the one experience, it's a general experience, but it's one, and it's one that makes me feel incredibly honored. Mm-hmm. And it's when people reach out to me, knowing that they can come to me with their situation. Um, Cause once, once you're out here and people know that once you're vulnerable, once I became vulnerable, mm-hmm. that opened the door for other people to send me messages, to send me, you know, to text me and just feel so okay with telling me their, what, what's going on in their lives. And that I feel a great honor. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the best thing ever since I launched mood. Well, is just knowing that I, I create something that opened the door for people to feel safe in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I live in Missouri and um, it's like South of St. Louis and mm-hmm. we do not have, women do not have very great options out here for healing and um, support. And so, And now that, you know, COVID, everything's Mm -hmm. online. So that made me even more accessible. And I've met a lot of people through different circumstances of different avenues and networking. And once they hear what I do, if shit hits the fan, I am one of the first people that they contact to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, that's the reason why I do this. It's Mm -hmm. an honor. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing that you started that to really have to really do what you do and have people be able to access you online and be able to open up to you about their stories because you made the decision to be vulnerable. And I think that's really powerful because, you know, like we already talked about a lot is the the power of vulnerability and really doing that and being able to see that, you know, even though you say that it's like a general thing for you, I think it's, it's huge, right. To have Mm -hmm. someone message you and and tell you, you know, this is going on or this is happening or, you know, maybe tell you things that they wouldn't feel comfortable telling anyone or, Mm -hmm. or even talking about and being able to have that kind of a relationship where you can make someone feel okay and Mm -hmm. feel like they can work with you and really work through that. That's Mm -hmm. really an awesome thing to have. So 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, and I just wanted to thank you for do, for coming on today and having this conversation and, you know, talking about a little bit about your story and what you do and about Moodwell and tell everyone where can they find you if they want to get in contact. Uh, yes, you can find me um, at Moodwell Coaching on Facebook. You can find me online at moodwellcoaching.org. And you can even email me at moodwellcoach at gmail.com. And yeah, and I guess all you can find Moodwell Coaching. That's me. <laughs> yes, yes. So you guys go check her out. Check out the work she's doing. Elia Markham amazing thank you for your time and thank, thank you, you for doing this interview i really appreciate it oh i had a, I, this is great thank you so much <laughs> all right thank you bye bye all right guys that is the end of this episode I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.